Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 59 of Believe in Betting LA. We apologize for missing last week, but we're back here for NFL Week 6. We've got a couple of best bets. And, of course, we're talking about the Rams. The Chargers are off with a Week 6 bye. Uh, But Justin Herbert, very impressive, of course, on Monday evening at New Orleans. We'll talk about all that and more. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can find me on Twitter at smaxwell713. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Luer. You can find him on Twitter at Lumandingo Rock. We're recording this Friday afternoon, October 16th. So later today, of course, the Dodgers face elimination against the Atlanta Braves. Let's bring him in. Chris, how are you doing today on this fine Friday afternoon? I'm doing well. A little, little congested if I sound uh, quite strange, but uh, no fever or sore throat or coughing or any severe fatigue. So I think I'm, I think I'm probably okay. I was wondering today, how come there isn't like a Pandora or Spotify or a Sirius XM channel that is just Vin Scully, like old Vin Scully reading things or like, could we get him some books? Maybe we could get Vin Scully reading like the night before Christmas in a couple months, or I just think that's something that people would be into. Yeah. A lot, a lot of big Scully fans out there. Um, he is on social media now. Speaking of Twitter, he, he's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. He's he's sharing, you know, on this date and year, whatever stories and various stories about people. And um, you know, if that's of interest to you, definitely look that up. It's uh, it's it's fascinating. He's a, obviously a a legend in these parts. I met him one time. I I, I peed next to him in a urinal at the, the press box at Dodger Stadium. That was that was a, an experience certainly, and uh, it was great. You know, he was extremely pleasant and humble, as you can imagine. Just uh, uh you know, it's funny because. My grandpa grew up in Brooklyn listening to Vince Scully. My dad grew up here uh, in the 60s and 70s in L.A. listening to Vince Scully. And, and of course, I grew up here in the 90s, 2000s, and beyond uh, listening to Vince Scully. So it's truly something that connects the generations. And, and it's uh, something that – a common denominator, certainly, of, of, of having to listen to Vince Scully for a long time. So that would be cool. If you can develop that, that would be awesome. Maybe, maybe that's our calling. Our, our second Twitter uh, handle or something like that can be, can be just an all day uh, Pandora channel. Yeah, I don't know who I don't know who owns the rights to. I guess probably the Dodgers own the right to those broadcasts, but they yeah. should be uh, they should be up on Spotify. You're telling me That'd you wouldn't cool. listen to like a 1972 Vin Scully game? I would. <laughs> all right. Well, we are available. Unlike Vin Scully. Uh, <laughs> On on on, uh, on demand, we are available on demand wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. Of course, we are on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B L E A V Believe dot com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Of course, Chris is involved with Stag Cap there at Stag Cap on Twitter. Before we move on, Chris, and talk about week number six. Of course, we missed a show last week, but we'll go back and review how we did in. Number four of the NFL season. I went two and one. I hit on a Bucks minus one over 36 and a half point teaser when they played the Chargers. I missed on the Rams. They had probably the worst game of the year when they defeated the Giants at home 17 to 9. So they did not cover the 13 point spread. But I did hit on my best bet, which makes me now four and one in best bets. Uh, or excuse me, three and one in best bets. No, it's uh, four and one because I did have two the first week. Apologize for that. Bears plus eight and a half, Packers minus one. So I'm at eight. In five in the season. How'd you do two weeks ago, Chris? I went one and two and was a little bit I pretty disappointed in that Dolphins best bet at plus five point five. Wasn't really 
all that close. Uh, Seattle, Seattle basically dominated. That was, I love that bet too. Pretty, pretty sad about that one. And what was annoying is the other one I lost was Goff over 279 and a half passing yards. I think he had like 32 or 34 attempts, which if you told me before the game, he was going to have over 30 attempts against the Giants, I would have said yes, like no doubt about it. Um, so frustrated by that one. I did win the Chargers Bucks uh, over 21 first half, but uh, two two annoying losses because I, I felt so. Normally, I don't have much of a feeling on them, but but those ones I felt good about. But just goes to show you your feelings. The lines do not care about your feelings. Uh, it is just what it is. <laughs> the lines definitely do not care about your feelings, and neither do the sports books and the odds makers that set them. That's for sure. So yeah. I have your tally of the NFL season as eight eight and one. I'm at eight and five, including four and one best bets. We look to hopefully keep that going, but of course you get a, you get a dreadful week of number one. So to be at five hundred at this point in the season is is pretty good for a comeback. All right, well let's move on. Let's talk about it. Of course, we said the Chargers coming off of that Monday night loss, very close loss. Justin Herbert looked tremendous. Mike Williams looked tremendous, uh, but of course they ended up losing in overtime to the Saints. They're one and four. They're on a bye. We're going to move on and talk about the Rams. Uh, the Rams look like one of the better teams in the NFC this year. They're taking on last year's NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers, on the road. This is a Sunday night game. Uh, it's Right now the spread is Rams minus three. I'm seeing the total here at 51 and a half. What are your thoughts here? Rams at Niners. I kind of wanted to – it wasn't offsides enough, but I kind of wanted to take that take the Niners um, with the on the spread. But – Value wasn't there. Uh, what's looking okay right now is under 51 and a half for the game. That should be at about minus 110. I wouldn't do too much worse than that. Uh, and then over 24 in the first half at minus 115 or better. If you could get over 24 first half at like minus 110, minus 112, somewhere in there, that's a, that's a very solid bet. Uh, so under for the game, under 51 half, over in the first half, 24. Okay, interesting. So you, you kind of have the halves kind of laid out there. So you could potentially take a second half uh, under and then try to hit all three. You could. You absolutely could if you wanted to do it. And that's uh, actually sometimes it's hard to find those. But when you can find a good like second half line, that can be that can be a really, really nice bet. So I would, you know, it's not uh, not mathematical. But if you're watching the game closely and you got a feel for it, uh, especially if you hit that first over, right, you're playing with you're playing with house money. So why not? Take that, take that second half over or under, depending on where the, the odds are and where your gut tells you, you know. Enjoy yourself. That's what betting is about. <laughs> you can typically find at least preset quarter uh, totals. So that's something you can try to take both the third and the fourth quarter to, to you know, pin it together. If that's uh, something that you're trying to do is try to get all three of those down. Um, all right. So you like a couple of totals there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just take the hometown team, the Rams here. It's, it's something that I think both of us admit that we have been very wrong in this Rams team. Defensively, they look outstanding. Uh, they got a lot of depth there on offense as well. It's a new running back every single week. Goff has looked uh, more than serviceable, you know, certainly filling in um, from, from a perspective that way. Um, and this Niners team has looked anything but serviceable. They're two and three, Chris, but can you name to me the two teams that they've defeated this year? Somebody stinky and somebody worse. So it's, it's the Giants. It's, is that one of them? It's two teams that have so far combined for a grand total of zero wins. <laughs> They're at zero and ten combined. It's both New York teams. They defeated both the Jets and the Giants rather handily, but otherwise they have not been a particularly formidable team here. And a lot of it, of course, has to do with injuries. Uh, they lost, of course, Bosa uh, in week number one. 
They have not had Jimmy Garoppolo. He was actually benched at halftime last week, partially because he wasn't healthy, partially because uh, you know he was not effective. Uh, they've had all kinds of injuries in the skill position players. So they're, they're starting to get a little more healthy, but I just think this Rams team should hand them pretty evenly. And I still think this is a line that reflects past performance, that reflects a Niners team that we still think of as this extremely competitive team, as the defending NFC champs, a team that probably should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year. I think this line should be like more like Rams minus five and a half, Rams minus six even. So I think you're getting a nice discount here. Uh, the Niners are certainly a better team at home. You know, maybe this week Jimmy G is a little bit healthier. Uh, maybe this week George Kittle gets more involved. He's only had really one formidable game. Uh, there, you know, one more week of Debo Samuel being healthy. However, uh, I don't think this line really reflects that. So I'm going to go ahead and confidently take Rams minus three here. Get it before it moves to minus four. I think that's eventually where we're going to see it settle on Sunday morning. So I really like the Rams at minus three. Let's move on. Let's talk about best bets here. I know, Chris, you have a teaser, uh, and you have a best bet, so give them both to me here. So right now I'm taking Eagles plus 10, and that's that's going to be the, the key here. Is you're going to want to get that plus 10. Uh, I have seen it at 9.5 in other places, so make sure you can see it plus 10 at minus 110. I think that's pretty good value. I don't think the Eagles are as bad as they appear to be. And the Ravens, I think people are still thinking they're last year's Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson has not played all that well. I was looking at the advanced quarterback stats, and he's like the 21st-ranked QB so far this year. They're playing in Philadelphia, uh, liable to get – well, I guess there's no fans there, so nobody's going to get a battery thrown at him or anything like that. But uh, I like the Eagles to surprise a bit in this game. I don't think they're going to win outright. I still think the Ravens probably win by a field goal. But if I'm getting 10 points – Playing at home against a team I feel is overrated, and I'm only paying minus 110 for it. I will take that. All right, great. Well, I'm going to want to talk about my best bets. But first, I want to thank our sponsor for this week. That, of course, is, again, our friends over at Bet Online. We're moving into week six of the NFL season. We've got SEC football back. We've got Big Ten action coming back next week. Of course, we've had a lot of baseball here uh, in these last several weeks. No more basketball, but pretty much everything else and anything in between Go to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So I'm going to talk about my best bets. Of course, I'm 4-1, Chris, in best bets so far this football season. That's pretty darn good. Maybe I should stick to that instead of betting on the Chargers <laughs> and Rams. All right, I'm going to give a tease here. I like mm-hmm. Patriots. This is an, a special AFC East edition of a teaser. Patriots are hosting the Broncos. This is ballooned up to minus nine. It was actually minus ten and a half last weekend before this game was canceled. Broncos and Patriots. A lot has changed since then. Number one, we've gotten Cam Newton that's back uh, and is going to start this game. Assuming this game happens, of course, there's another positive test apparently this morning in New England. Uh, but from what we've heard so far, what's being reported right now, this game is going on as expected to be played on Sunday. So that's the best we could do. Cam Newton is back. That's a huge, huge deal for the Patriots. Why is this line not reflected that? Because the Broncos have gotten back their starting quarterback. Drew Locke <laughs> is also going to be playing. So so it would have been a Brian Horror, Jared Stidham, Brett Rippon showdown last oh, weekend. It's going to be a Cam Newton uh, <laughs> and Drew Locke showdown. So I do think that, that you know, necessarily, uh, you know, it's, it's big for both teams, respectively. However, I, I, at worst, I think this line should be the same as it was last week at 10.5. At best, I do think that Cam is worth a point or two more to the Patriots than Drew Locke is worth to the Broncos. And don't forget, the Broncos still have an enormous amount of injuries to skill position players and to defenders. So 
I don't know why this line is still at nine. I think that's definitely one that you can take as well at, at minus nine. But I'm going to tease it down to three right now because that makes sense. The other team I'm going to take with them is the Miami Dolphins. They're playing a, a AFC East showdown against the winless New York Jets. And the Jets have been as bad as you could possibly imagine. Joe Flacco is just a terrible quarterback at this stage in the game. For whatever reason, the Jets refused to fire Adam Gase. This team gave up on him. And sometime in 2018, yeah, here, exactly. here we are exactly. in midway through the 2020 season. He's still their coach. Le'Veon Bell was cut. Uh, there's just all kinds of discontent in this team. And as much as you want to say, you know, these are professionals. They're playing for their next contract. How can they possibly care about their coach? Uh, these things do matter. And even if it's just a smidge of, of an advantage, that can absolutely matter uh, in betting. I would be shocked if the Miami Dolphins do not just absolutely go out there and dominate this game. Uh, but we're getting them right now, minus three in a teaser. So uh, they're hitting their stride. They're playing good ball. They're a very talented team. You know, this is a team a year ago we thought was an absolute joke, but they've accumulated a lot of draft picks and a lot of young talent. Uh, and I think sometime later in the season, we're going to see them really start to blossom. So I'm going to take that Pats minus three and Dolphins minus three. My second best bet, uh, I'm going to talk about the Tennessee Titans here for a minute. Uh, first time we've ever watched Tuesday Night Football. It was a, a, a dreadful <laughs> Dreadful Tuesday night for my fantasy outlooks. I actually lost three different matchups on that final Derrick Henry touchdown. Uh, so that was a bitter sore for me. But look, props to the Titans. They have maybe one, maybe two practices in like 17 days. This is a team that, uh, you know, illegally got together at high school football fields uh, that, you know, really didn't have a lot of cohesiveness, at least we thought, going into the game. They play an undefeated Buffalo Bills team that a lot of us think is, uh, you know, maybe an, even an AFC favorite at this point. Uh, and Josh Allen, an MVP contender. And they just mopped the floor with the Bills on Tuesday night. They dominated them offensively. Ryan Tannehill, if you look at the splits over the last 14 games since he became starter, I believe it was week seven of the 2019 season, his numbers, both by record, by uh, passing efficiency, by touchdowns, they were remarkably similar to Patrick Mahomes. And I know a lot of people are surprised to hear that. I'm not saying that I think Tannehill is as good or even better than Mahomes. But uh, what I am saying is that we don't think of Tannehill as this, you know, top five, top 10 in the NFL kind of quarterback, but he's playing like that right now. And the Titans have a great running game and their defense is uh, certainly above average. So this is a team that's playing extremely well. This week, they actually get the benefit of, of practicing, if you can imagine that. Crazy. And they're taking on the Houston Texans at home. And we've seen the splits for Ryan Tannehill be very, very different on the road versus at home. Um, this is a Houston team that, you know, now they finally got rid of Bill O'Brien can start working towards the future. However, I still don't think they're a good team. And I definitely think the Titans at home and, and the Texans on the road are two different teams. And so I really like this one here. I'm taking Titans minus three and a half. Uh, I'd love to see, obviously, get it to three if you want to if you want to buy that half point, I, I definitely support that. However, I, I think they're going to win this game by about a touchdown, so you're getting some value there. So second best bet, a bonus best bet here, Tennessee Titans minus three and a half. So those are our bets for the NFL Week 6. Uh, any I've final thoughts? A, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a teaser I should have thrown in there in mine. But could you, would you care to guess from the advanced stats who the, the top three quarterbacks are? From a QBR perspective? Uh, it's, it's, it's Dakota ranking. So it's like, uh, the most advanced, like the, what war was, you know, five years ago. Let's say Russell Wilson, Josh Allen and Tannehill. So Tana, you got two, you got two of three. Number one is, and I forgot about him too. Actually. This would be, no, it's not Dak. It's Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, who you forget about because it's they haven't had like a, a marquee. I guess they played one primetime game, but Rodgers is lighting the world on fire. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's incredibly efficient, doesn't turn the ball over at all. 
Yeah, that's right. But uh, two and three are correct. You've got Russell Wilson just slightly behind Rodgers and then Tannehill. And looking at this chart, which I'll share with you uh, offline, it's crazy how much farther ahead Russell and Rodgers are from everybody else. But Tannehill's three, um, although very nearly tied with Derek Carr and Josh Allen for that position. Um, as I belabor the point, my teaser, four-team teaser, and I'm going to tell you, make sure you're getting these over – you got to get them through that seven and through that three. So Bears plus eight half, that's good to Bears plus seven half. Washington football team, I'm saying that, rolls off the tongue, plus nine. Again, make sure that's at least plus seven half, but I got it plus nine. Ravens minus two, don't do anything worse than Ravens minus three. And then Cowboys plus eight half. So those four teams in a four-team teaser, and hopefully you're getting – with those four teams, plus 250, plus 275, or if you've got a great book, plus 300. Uh, that's what I that's what I like this week for a little tease action. All right. We got a lot of teasers in this episode, so uh, hopefully a couple of these hit for everyone. Um, all right. Well, let's move on from NFL. Let's, let's first start with the good news. The Los Angeles Lakers, of course, are NBA champs. They won their 17th title in franchise history, tying them with most in NBA history, of course, with the Boston Celtics. But a bit misleading, of course. The Lakers, since the, the Celtics' last title in 1986, have won titles in 87, 88, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2009, 2010, and 2020. So seven titles. Of course, the Celtics only won one, um, mm. defeating the Lakers in 2008. So the Lakers are certainly the premier franchise in terms of championships. Uh, return to glory. You know, it was a, a very lean decade. Uh, you had you know the end of the Kobe era a couple of extremely lean years in between that, of course, Laker fans were not accustomed to not making the playoffs, getting LeBron, the disappointment in his first year, and then, of course, acquiring AD and building the rest of this roster. And a, a weird year, Chris, and, and certainly if you want to um, put an asterisk net this year in terms of this was a different year than any other year, I think you could absolutely acknowledge that. But in terms of taking away anything from this title, I think would be ridiculous. Uh, you know, didn't have, first of all, Lakers deserved home court advantage. They did not receive home court advantage. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a huge, huge advantage that they did not have this year. Uh, and then, of course, having to navigate the ups and downs of the bubble and uh, traveling to a, you know, a neutral court in Orlando and, and uh, you know, er everything in between, all the testing. I, I just think that this year uh, nothing should be taken away from them. They went out there and defeated uh, a very uh, formidable opponent in the Miami Heat. Of course, they got injured, but the Lakers can't control that. Guess what? So are the Warriors. Uh, the last couple of years, they faced a lot of injured teams. Uh, and, yes, yeah, so a pretty easy road in the Western Conference. They didn't have to face the Clippers, who a lot of people felt was the, the second-best team, of course, in the NBA all season. They didn't have to face the Bucks, who was the other great uh, team from the East. But, um, you know, the Lakers fully deserve this. I, I don't think anything should be uh, poo-pooed in this championship. And I thought it was, uh, you know, a, a great display of how dominant someone like LeBron James can be and, of course, Anthony Davis as well. Yeah, I, I'm surprised it went six games. Uh, I guess it took Jimmy Butler kind of supernova for that to happen. But... Yeah, I don't. I'm not a, not a LeBron fan at all. But I liked that he went through. You know, didn't have to face the Clippers. Okay, didn't have to face the Bucks. Well, you know what? Tough on them. Maybe they should have gotten there. Maybe the Clippers shouldn't have completely bagged it. Um, but the, he played through a pretty good Western Conference uh, for for what the first time. I mean, there's a lot of talk about you know uh, LeBron dragging these terrible Cleveland teams to the finals. You know, every year. The East was just such a joke. I mean, just such an absolute joke for those years. So I liked that LeBron finally, in my opinion, went through a real bear of a playoff. Um, and also doing it, you know, in Orlando, not exactly the, 
Not exactly probably where you want to be spending it, but you know, maybe the travel, not having to travel at all. Who knows how much that helped? Um, if at all, you'll never know. But uh, yeah, I tip, tip my cap to him. LeBron, for however you feel about him, somehow, some way takes, obviously Anthony Davis is an elite talent, but everybody else on that team, you know, he seems to drag people up with him, right? And demand that they play a little bit better. And I think you see that out there for guys that probably wouldn't be sniffing the court on some other teams are there saying I'm, you know, spotlights on me. I'm out there with LeBron. I need to give absolute maximum effort. Uh, and I don't think you always see that in professional sports. And as you said, the late, you know, it's, it's really, really, really nice to be a Lakers fan because similar to the Yankees, right? It's a destination. It's where you want to play. And in basketball, where it only takes really one or two guys to make you one of the three or four best teams in the league, Los Angeles is kind of going to always be that destination right? It's always going to have that history. It's always got Hollywood. Uh, it's always going to be where a spotlight shines the brightest and you'll get those, those, those big time games. And as a fan, I think the only thing you can ever ask for is that you're basically competitive year in and year out. And I think the future looks bright for, for LA people and talent are still going to want to come there and still going to want to play. Uh, so it's definitely, as far as that rivalry goes with the Celtics, when they were winning championship after championship, when there were three other teams in the league, uh, I think, uh, I don't think it's much of a rivalry anymore. I think, uh, the Lakers have kind of put that to bed. Not just a much smaller league, but also, you know, no free agency. They had essentially the same team. That's why they won, yeah. you know, nine of 10 years or whatever. They had, they had three of the best five players in the league and they had the best yeah. coach in the league. And, uh, you know, they defeated Lakers obviously almost every single year. Not to take away anything from the Celtics in the 60s, it's just, it's just a much different ballgame in uh, a 30 team league and certainly in a, in a year like this where you had. Uh, so many ups and downs, and whether or not we even thought uh, we would see the rest of the NBA season. So props to the NBA, absolutely zero positive coronavirus yeah. tests, you know, Definitely. the entire time the bubble was there. I mean, very exemplary of what needs to be done, um, you know, to, to make something like this happen in a, in a very difficult, uh, under very difficult circumstances. So uh, a great NBA season. Who knows when we're going to see the NBA next? I think we have a draft sometime in November. The offseason will be sometime over the winter, and, you know, they'll start sometime in the spring. So we don't really know, but, uh, you know, Hats off to Lakers and their genie bus and head coach Frank Vogel and all the Lakers players, of course, uh, uh, really, really deserve this one, the 17th all-time championship. So moving from a championship team to uh, really right now failed championship aspirations, of course, as the Dodgers just steamrolled through the first two series in this MLB playoffs. Um, they're in Dallas tonight facing elimination against the Braves. And, um, you know, the, the Dodgers, of course, in game three, absolutely annihilated the Braves 11 first four innings ended up winning that one I think it was uh, 15 to 3 but in between uh you know in, in bookended really is um the Dodgers offense just not performing the Dodgers pitching staff which everyone thought would give them a huge advantage in the series and especially needing the depth for seven straight days really have not gotten any good starts at all from the starting pitching I guess you could say Urias uh but that's a different story of course when you, when you have a you're spotting an 11 run lead in the first inning so <laughs> Kershaw again you know deja vu uh, only gets into the sixth inning does not record now finishes with five innings pitch four runs I mean his ERA is uh hovering right around four all time in the playoffs uh, uh you know you just you just figure that you know maybe this would be the year the Dodgers kind of just put things behind them there wasn't fans at all uh, until this series um but uh, then again, it just doesn't always work out that way. So they're not done, okay? The Dodgers have won three straight games on seven or more different occasions uh, this year, so they can do it. Uh, this Braves team is not necessarily known as, you know, necessarily having uh, shutdown starting pitching. Uh, the Dodgers, of course, throw Dustin May tonight. And again, we're recording this uh, a couple hours before the Dodgers start, so we don't have any picks for anyone. It's 3 o'clock. The Dodgers' first pitch is about 6 o'clock Pacific time tonight, but... 
Uh, we're just talking about it right now, and you know, hopefully the Dodgers can get the win tonight and try to scratch and claw their way back. It's just three straight wins. It's, it's definitely doable, but right now it seems unlikely. Yeah, baseball, it's just it's just tough like this, right? Yeah, the Dodgers have been so locked in all year, and I, I still don't think it's over. I mean, I think I've said it a hundred times, right? They're a super professional team. They've got a lot of talent up and down. Uh, guys that have been there before, they've been through this, right? They shouldn't be shocked by it. They shouldn't be surprised. It just it sucks, right? It's just bad luck that you run into an Atlanta team that supernova once the playoffs started. They've looked really, really good. Uh, and you're in a series, and you only have to look really good for a while. I mean, I, the Dodgers looked as, just as good, if not better, than Atlanta, dispatching the, the Padres, which I thought was going to be a, a seven-game grind-em-out series. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's not over yet. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they could rattle two more wins off. It's just, it's so tough when you've been so close uh, and you kind of do everything you can, right? Where you, you're just, all you can do is get there in baseball. It's just the weird thing about it. Um, so I definitely feel the frustration, but as a Los Angeles sports fan, uh, you're playing with house money. You just got an NBA title. Um, I certainly like to see the Dodgers succeed, but uh, again, the only thing you can ask for is that your team is competitive and the Dodgers appear to be competitive year in and year out. They've got one of the best players in baseball in Mookie Betts for the next 75 years. So uh, enjoy it, even though you're going to be sitting on the edge of your seat, desperately hoping they win. Uh, enjoy the fact that they're actually in the playoffs when so many other, <laughs> you know, how would you like to be a Cleveland Browns fan or a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, right? <laughs> uh, enjoy it. It could be so much worse. It could be worse, but, you know, it seems like another year that the Dodgers you know, seemingly have the best team in the league and, and somehow find a way not to win the World Series. It's been, obviously, uh, 32 very long years since the Dodgers last won a championship in 88. A lot of people were hoping since the Lakers won, maybe that would mean the Dodgers would win. The same thing happened in 88. And, uh, look, there's still a chance. Dodgers are down 3-1. to one. We've seen teams come back from 3-1 deficits before. It's not unprecedented. The Dodgers hopefully can start tonight and uh, get something going, and we'll see what happens. And uh, probably by the next time we record this one, we'll know the outcome of this series and whether or not the Dodgers uh, advance to the World Series or are sent home packing. Uh, but anyways, uh, this is episode 59 of Believe in Betting LA. Any final thoughts here, Chris, before uh, we wrap up? Enjoy it. Again, they're in the playoffs. You're playing meaningful baseball in October. Not everybody gets to do that. You just got a championship. Uh, enjoy the game. It's it's going to be fun. Uh, it's too bad it's not in Los Angeles. That's the only thing that kills me, right, is if I were a fan and I wanted to go to these games, like not being able to go to them would really be killer. Or not having just that atmosphere, right? You go to a bar, you're with your friends, or that that hurts, right? I think that takes something away from it. It's it's funny that it's something I wouldn't have ever considered, right, until it's gone. Uh, well, there is, but I there think are that a bunch is of fans of, in Dallas, and it, it really seems as though the Braves have a I – don't, I don't know if it's just because they've had a lot more success, but it seems like they have – uh, at least the numbers advantage fans there is I think about 11,000 fans in, in Arlington. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's tough, right. When you could be playing at home and, you know, I don't know, being near the stadium or taking advantage of those things kind of, kind of stinks, but at the same time, you're playing meaningful baseball, uh, enjoy it while it lasts. And, uh, you never know. Baseball is like a roulette table. Each, each game is an independent event. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, it's very, it's not like football. It's not like basketball. Uh, where, you know, this can't happen, right? It absolutely can't happen. Fair enough. We just hope the Dodgers can get a win and somehow make it uh, to game number six. But uh, this was episode 59 of Believe in Betting LA for the Believe Podcast Network for Stag Capital for Chris Lewert. I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Oh,
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.